Welcome everyone to a very special episode of VAR at the Barn. We're not talking about football today, we're actually talking about World Cup Rugby. With my special guest, Tris. How are you doing, mate? You all right? Good evening. I'm very, uh, obviously, long-time friend of the show. <laughs> uh, listen to many of the episodes whilst uh, whilst working or doing odd jobs around the house. And, uh, yeah, so you're, you're branching out to the egg-shaped ball. For your I am, mate. I am. I am. I'll pay you the fiver later for the little plug there. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, so I hear through various uh, sources that you're a Leicester Tigers fan. Leicester Tigers season ticket holder. How long have you been that for? You, you are correct. Obviously, you know that because I've known you for <laughs> God, what feels like about thirty years. Um, it is. I was thinking about this before we before we started this. I was working it out. I think my first Tigers game was we Tigers clinched the title against Bristol, and it would have been ninety five, ninety six, something oh, like God. that. So I've been there. I'm not letting me lessen, have I? 20 no. years, nearly 30 years of season to get older. Well, man and boy to... Sorry, man... What is it? Boy to man. Boy, boy to man, yeah. Not man to boy. That would be just strange. That'd be like Benjamin Button, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> going down with... Obviously, my dad and brother, uncle and auntie all started going down and then I think, obviously, work and stuff got in the way and it's just me and my dad that go now. Every every couple of Saturdays and Friday nights or Sunday afternoons, whenever we... whenever. Whenever the TV tells the games on, I think, at the minute. That's it. Exactly. Like I said, so this episode is a very basic preview of the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, I thought it'd be best just to explain to people, like the Six Nations, how the rankings are worked out first, etc. Yeah. So Six Nations is obviously six teams in Europe. That's the Irish, French, English, Scottish... Welsh and Italians. It sounds like a joke I'm doing there, don't it? But you're going to forget which ones you'd mentioned then. And do them I twice. know, I, I had to do, that's why there was a slight pause there, I must admit. <laughs> so obviously they play each other once over the five weeks, isn't it? And then the winner obviously is then Six Nations champion. Yep. Normally that's a good gauge, isn't it, to see obviously everyone's form. And there is a similar one, isn't there, with the Southern Hemisphere. It's so that's... Rugby Championships, you've got South Africa, New Zealand, Australia and Argentina who joined sort of last 10 years or so, didn't they? Sort of build up Yeah, their... that's it. And hasn't Japan, I think, guessed once or twice in that? Or they might have had friendlies, I guess, maybe. They've had yeah. friendlies. But obviously, they're quite up and coming as a, as a rugby yeah. nation. There have been talks of those joining one or other of the tournaments. You think it's a bit I don't know, counterproductive putting Japan in the six nations when you've got the likes of you know the likes of romania georgia russia are all again up and coming nations that have beat beat the teams around them you know european teams if they get sort of pushed aside and then japan join it's a bit of a i don't know 
political, I think. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. But I know from this World Cup anyway that there was a bit of, like you're saying, a bit political. But I think there was a bit of controversy with regards to uh, the Spain qualification, or I should say the non-qualification. Um, they were actually thrown out. I think they actually qualified, but they put an ineligible player. <laughs> so that wasn't the best start for them, because I don't think they, this would have been their first ever World Cup as well. I think it was, um, because that was correct if I'm wrong. Was that it was done on like a points basis, wasn't it? That's it. Yeah, yeah. And, and for some reason, they're putting it. I think they're putting an eligible player, and not that he played for another country. I just think that it was just that someone that they didn't register in time or something like that. Yeah. And then they took the, all the points away from those qualifiers. I think they played like in a bracket of three qualifiers, and they took all of it away. So yeah. then they had to redo it, I think. <laughs> just reading up now, so obviously Portugal are going to take their place. Yeah. But it seems a bit, um, yeah, a bit strange. Yeah, I mean, just as a, a bit of a, a background as well, normally you see teams like like Canada and uh, USA in, but they're not in this year. They've been sort of ever-present since, you know, 87 since the first one. Yeah. And they've... I think obviously USA now have got their own domestic league going, which is up again on the rise. Canada have got the oh, I can't remember the guy's name. He was the women's head, England women's head coach for a while. Yeah, and I yeah. think he over and sort of kickstarted their game. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a disappointment. The last the last World Cup they were tipped for good things, but it didn't really materialise. Yeah, Romania replacing Spain in the World Cup. Oh, okay. So okay. They lost lost the appeal for a player that was ineligible during the, the qualification. And they, because they qualified by a single point, it, it invoked a three point deduction. Which means, yeah, they like you say, sad situation. It's for their first World Cup to have it taken away from on a technicality. I think it's one of those where it was a, a player that had qualified through residential grounds, but then was deemed as ineligible after the uh after he played yeah i mean i know you just touched on um america as well i mean it's a shame that they've not been in there like i said they've got the new league and i did a little bit of research and it seems to be that they get the big names similar to japan japanese league but unfortunately the homegrown players aren't really progressing because they're paying that much wages on the the big names that i think they're struggling to get the the new the homegrown through, which is a shame, really. It's obviously America, the whole you know beast upon itself. You got NFL, hockey, all that. You know the you associate with American sports. You know the American football, ice hockey, baseball, all those kind of things. Like you say, the money in that is obscene amounts. So why is someone up and coming sports that are going to choose? I'll I'll play rugby union when I can. You know, as we've seen a few. You know, a few people have gone from. Rugby Union to um, NFL, it not many, but obviously I think the one that sticks to my Christian Wade made that transition over and went from Wasps over to um, the NFL. Yeah, 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 of course, um, of course. Yeah, like you said, I think they're struggling to get get the names over there. You get your like your marquee mm-hmm. signers and stuff, but the homegrown is probably not not something they've got a big pool to to draw from. No, I think that's why they're getting a bit smashed up as well. 
Because I think yeah. they were good at sevens, but I think even that seems to maybe dropping back a bit now for them. Yeah, yeah, because I know historically had the, the the famous chap who was rumored to be faster than Habana, wasn't he? So oh yeah, up the sevens scene. Yeah, that's it. That's him. Anyway, so we get to the draw. Anyway, so for, for some reason, this isn't like the football where the draws made couple of months before it's like three no, years before and years before and you get obviously you get your top tier nations so you know the six nations and the rugby championship so those 10 teams are sort of seeded and drawn amongst yeah. themselves and then for exactly. years it'll be populated with sort of asia qualifier one or yeah. you know america's qualifier one and then those teams are just filled in as and when they finish their their games which is you know the rfu and i are i are you know they're trying to build up the world rugby but by allowing those top tier nations to just qualify automatically all the time is you're never going to expose them getting them playing against the you know the lesser nations apart from you know they've got this autumn series at the minute that's going on mm, yeah trying to bridge that gap but obviously football is different because you get all the nations involved and obviously some of them are whipping boys like san marino for example that just kept battered but for them, it's like the game of their life, you know. So mm. getting some of these lesser nations come up against someone like, I don't know, New Zealand or France or someone, you know, and it has that, you know, the magic of sport on on the day. They have the ability to shock anyone, don't they? So exactly. I think you're losing some of that by just putting the top tier nations straight in. You know, they, it's a given that they're just qualified. You know, they don't have to earn the right to play at the World Cup where the lesser nations are sort of fighting tooth and nail for that one place. So trying to level the playing field, and then obviously by doing that, the income for the the top nations gets greater. The lesser nations, you know, they don't get as much, and then the gap just sort of increases between them all the time. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's like twelve teams that have got basically like a buy straight onto the group stages, yeah. like you said, um, and you add uh, Japan and Fiji onto that, and then you'll get Samoa and Tonga qualifying anyway because they're obviously the two strongest in the their group yeah Oceano and Asian and Pacific and then obviously those slug it out a bit yeah but like I say the, the gap will just widen and widen and widen isn't it it's almost like if there was ever to be um a super league or something like that that's how it would happen isn't it the more money just gets pumped to the top clubs and then everyone else just gets the the dross at the, at the bottom isn't it really yeah yeah, pretty much. It's like the the rich get richer, and the the you know the smaller teams that have not got that financial backing mm. just they have to sort of struggle along. And yeah, you know, I'm reading excerpts of um, when Manu Tuilagi got picked for England, and obviously his brother Alex was playing for Samoa. Yeah, and he said the difference in you know England got hotels and their flights are all everything sorted from by a a team of you know individuals that sort the England rugby team out and. I think Alex Tuilagi at the time was saying the Samoa team having to fund their own flights and accommodation for the World Cup and getting there. So again, that just shows the sort of chasm between the, you know, the treatment of the players. And again, it boils down to the the financial side of it. I think. Oh yeah, exactly, hundred percent. I think that could be a podcast in itself, to be honest, on how the second tiers get used. I think, especially um, Europe, two as a classic. You know, yeah. I think there needs to be something done with that, that there should be more money pumped into that. So we get an actual possibly promotional relegation of the Six Nations. Because yeah. for people that aren't 
into the rugby unfortunately it's very um it's a shut door isn't it so you've yeah. just got the six nations and that's it and then you've got the the other league with four four teams in it and that's yeah. it you don't get promotional relegation so, so yeah, that's a, it a closed shop yeah. i think we've we spoke about this many times in on one of our morning runs it's like <laughs> talking about it now when i'm not out of breath but um yeah yeah <laughs> i think we've, we've said it before like you know i hate to say picking on italy but you know they've been the whipping boys of the six nations since they joined and, you know just to like you said if she had a, a playoff against you know the likes of a georgia or a russia or you know some of the other nations just to i don't know, make it a bit different it's you know rugby a lot of rugby fans will say oh it's, there's no point because if portugal get in there they'll just become whipping boys they won't stand a chance but at least give them that opportunity to play those big big games you know against some of the star-studded you know so-called elite sides yeah. like i say on the day yeah it's a joy, the magic of sport isn't it you know nothing's ever cut and dry you, you look at the example from the weekend fiji turned over turned over england first win at twickenham exactly. you know since you know the game began i think so yeah. this goes to show nothing's nothing's a done deal no not at all not at all marks for portugal Right, so we'll go to the group group A. Group start a. off things. Best one to always start off with. So this one's got France, Italy, Namibia, New Zealand, and Uruguay. I mean, this is a tough group. It's a tough, yeah, tough draw. I mean, on paper, you'd say New Zealand and France all day long. Mm. But, you know, like Italy, I think they've shown that they they do have the. The ability to shock teams you know as, as they saw in the six nations a couple of years ago i'm sorry to mention this rosie but uh the, the result against wales <laughs> last minute last minute try and conversion that, that sort of sealed your fate yeah they have they have improved in recent years so there's nothing to say that they might I don't yeah. know. it's, it's, it's the club it's the, the club has improved um what, what, united, united rugby championship isn't it are they the old um, like Mac I want to say Celtic League, that's going back a few years, but yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, effectively, the, the Celtic League, the Irish and Welsh teams, isn't it? They've got a few Italian, South African, there's a whole mix in there now, isn't there? So, yeah, like I say, they've, they've grown their domestic game, which is which has improved the obviously the international prospects, but yeah. um, I think it's hard to look past you know, French home, home tournament. They've been in good form grand slam they've got the, the best player in the world in there well in my opinion at the minute dupont, at, um, dupont. he's at the kevin Spain. de bruyne of rugby isn't he and you yeah, got, can't really do anything got, can he at the minute no you got a uh, penude who you could probably call as the harland-esque of the wingers isn't yeah. they for the french winger yeah i mean when, when they they've got one of the best sort of backline, isn't it? So that's the flair players from Scrum Deans, isn't it? That it's fantastic. The way they destroyed England at um Trickenham was just incredible, really, wasn't it? So sort of dismantled, isn't it? The yeah, I think they've always had that you know, France are famous for their that flair and cooking mm. the ball out of it. But I think in you know, certainly the last well, 
bar the last couple of seasons, they were always a bit hit and miss. They were up and down and inconsistent, sort of rumours of falling outs between teams and coaches and stuff. But they seem to have ironed all that out and they've got sort of a well, well-oiled, slick machine and a brand of rugby that they're playing at the minute that is, yeah, quite... Um, Tasty. Yeah, feared, I think, by a lot of other nations and quite, yeah. quite envied, I think, by a lot of people as well. Yeah, Sean Edwards leading the way, isn't he, as well? Yeah, and I think one of the kicking the teeth of the English was that I think the RFU turned him down, didn't they, to be part of the coaching team, even after, you know, what he'd done with Gatland and Wales and his history with Wasps and Rugby League as well. It's, um, you'd think it'd be a no-brainer to get him on board, but... It's like a pep of of rugby, isn't he? Yeah. He just knows everything about rugby. Yeah, um, I, th- the f- I think the phrase that gets banded about is a, st- a student of the game, isn't he? He's, uh, he's been around for many years and you know, there's not, not much he doesn't know or, or the skills to tap into, you know, get the best out of the players that he's working with. Obviously, his, his, record, his record speaks for itself, you know, you can't, you can probably fluke it one season at a club, but to do it with, you know, a couple of clubs and two international teams is, yeah, there's obviously proof in the... Uh, in his methods no i agree new zealand i'll be honest with you they've um since the world cup four years ago where england played arguably the best ever match i've seen them play they seem to be licking their wounds a bit more now aren't they they've, they've made an impact obviously by winning the their version of the the, the cup what was it called again the the rugby championship. yeah rugby championship yeah. they won that again haven't they they've done they look they look very good every game that i've seen seen the results for except for they did get a bit of a thumping last weekend though by south africa didn't they yeah which i think was a bit of a probably a bit of a shock i'd say i wasn't expecting mm. that back a bit mm. yeah very very strange but obviously south africa you know you can't you know defending champions but again a bit inconsistent at times yeah, but, I mean, by the looks of the score, it was actually 35 nil before they got a consolation try in New Zealand yeah. at the end, so it could have been a lot worse. I think it, from what I heard on the news, it's their worst ever defeat, which just shows only 28 points, and that was the worst ever defeat. Yeah, not um, not ideal, and you obviously build up to the World Cup, but New Zealand, uh, for years, they were, they were sort of banded out, or they're choking, and obviously the famous scenes that, 2003 Greek and with the four more years boys and all that kind of taunting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Very tasty first match though, isn't it? France, yeah. New yeah. Zealand. Like you say, the France, you know, home crowd full at the part of the uh, Stade de France, New Zealand with a hacker and all that sort of aura that goes with it. I wouldn't like to call it, but I don't know. It's, um, I think the winner, the winner of that game will probably win the, win the pool. And yeah, like I say, I think it's hard to see past France and New Zealand being the two that get out of that group. Yeah, but, I, I agree, to be honest. Um, it's tough. I don't um, know. Well, I mean, Namibia, Uruguay, who knows? Well, yeah, you're, I mean, they're going to be, the, the Namibia and Uruguay, they're going to be, be there for the experience again, isn't it? Probably two big packs. Yeah. Yeah go to interrupt the play as much as they can make it into a bit of a, a dog fight but the the gap between new zealand and france to the other three is just going to be too much i think in my i think so yeah i think you know uruguay they've got a 
fast running backs and that sort of style of play. And the Nivea are always renowned for their sort of pack work and grinding, kind of grinding yeah. down. But putting that to a full 80-minute performance against, you know, France and New Zealand are ranked, you know, two of the top five teams in the world is, I think, yeah. maybe too much for them. But who knows? Oh um, yeah, exactly. I mean, the the little carrot as well is the place does give them free um, qualification to the next World Cup, so there's yeah. plenty to fight yeah. for on that. Yeah, I think they might even you never know they might even target that you know target the mm. Italy game as their sort of go to. Christie. Paul B. Um, Paul B. I, I think I'm calling this my group of death. Oh, this looks horrible, doesn't it? Absolutely horrible. But obviously, defending champion South Africa is, it always seems to turn up at the big occasion. Yeah. yeah they certainly crushed my dreams four years ago. I was sat there watching it on the set. <laughs> Yeah, um, Saturday morning. Yeah, on a Saturday morning. Yeah, but obviously, it's a blow to them. I think Pollard has been has he been ruled out or he's, he's been named in the squad? Has he? I know he picked up an injury in the, the uh, rugby championship. Yeah, he was still named as part of the squad. And obviously, being there, their ten, he's sort of the the leader on the pitch and sort of marshalling his troops around on the field. So that's going to be a big, big shoes to fill. No, no, I agree. I mean, they've got the captain back, haven't they? Can't remember his name. He's here. Yeah, he's yeah. back. And funny enough, the results have suddenly changed as well since he's come back. So and I've never seen like a backup sort of front row just as big and tough tackling as the, the starting three. <laughs> They're yeah. just crazy. They're just yeah. immense, aren't they? I think just uh, the, the physicality. And yeah, I remember there's a famous picture of the, the 2019 squad in the dressing room, and just like all of them are just like man mounted, even like scrum half, mm. like who you tend to think are you know yeah. more slight, slighter build and all that stuff, but they're just units and they bring that physicality to their game that not a lot, not a lot of squads can cope with. No, no, and they've got that little rascal at scrum half as well, haven't they? What's his name again? Faf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, that's him. Yeah, a, thorn, a thorn in Leicester's side as well for him. He played for say, yeah, yeah, like you say, he's one of those annoying. He's he's brilliant, and he knows he's brilliant, and he can just turn a game on his head, and you know, likes to wind players up and gets in the refs here and <laughs> gets the crowd against. He's almost like the pantomime villain, I think, when he when he plays. But obviously, yeah. his, rug, his rugby skills obviously do the talking for him exactly exactly got to move on to ireland your opinion with them well you know <laughs> ranked rank best in the world aren't they um they are six nations yeah. champs aren't they six nations champs obviously again another ourselves i'm looking at this from my uh english tinsy glasses <laughs> and the big loss that we let farrell go andy mm. farrell has yeah the, you know, yeah age. You know, again, he's working wonders in the Irish team. You've got the sort of veteran as he is now, Johnny Sexton, still marshalling, marshalling yeah. the team around. But yeah, yeah it's... They're a well-oiled machine, aren't they? I think yeah, something... 
I looked at the stat and I think there's something like 18 Leinster players in. I think every single player there is playing in Ireland as well. So, yeah, it's you've it's got the unity. When you've got a, not a lot of international teams have, you've got an international team that are pretty much playing together week in, week out. Yeah. They know each other inside out. They're living and breathing the same game with Leinster all year. Because I think when I, when I looked before, when the Tigers played Leinster in the, the Champions Cup last season, there was 13 of the Leinster's starting lineup were had just come off the back of the Six Nations. And you think, you know, to have that, to have that unity all year, you know, a lot of teams have, you know, they come together for this international period that's to sort of gel as a squad and learn the, the calls and the tactics. And But if you've got that week in, week out from club level, you're obviously, yeah. And I think that's obviously showing now in the results and, you know, the top of the world rankings for a reason because they're backing it up with these results against pretty much everyone. Yeah, but the question is, can Ireland do it on the biggest stage of all? They've got the Six Nations now, which has always got a real burden when they for them first to win it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's like getting the getting the monkey off the back. Mm. Get the first one over the line, then they'll they'll kick on. But yeah, it's but like if they can if they can back it up at the World Cup, whether it's and then you got Scotland. I mean, Scotland missed the inconsistency, but play some fantastic rugby though, don't they? I mean, their their winger, I can't remember his name, um, Van. Van der Van der Van der Meer, yeah. And you've got yeah. Finn Russell as well, just another fantastic player at <laughs> fly half. Yeah. You can win the show. You've got someone of that skill sort of in that position, the playmaker role. Making those sort of key decisions that are gonna win or lose you a match. It's yeah, yeah pivotal pivotal. Yeah. Um, turned, they've, they've now got the crooks off their back now, turned up twice against England, gave them a good pasting twice, haven't they? That incredible fight back, I think, from 30 points down. Oh, not, they don't fear anyone, don't they? No, and that's the thing. I think they've they've turned a corner sort of, men, probably mentally as well with their game, because now they can, they've seen, they can back it up with the result. Like you said, you know, coming down from, I'm trying to remember that game now, we were sort of, 25 points up or something yeah. and then they sort of roared, roared back and took the lead and in the end it was England that had to sort of snatch snatch a draw out of it that's it yeah yeah, yeah. I mean they've, they've, they've done well though they had a tough match against um, Georgia in the friendly I can see last weekend and they yeah. got through that quite well um, Ireland had a real difficult match as well um, against Samoa which they just about got through 17 13 i think they were behind for quite a lot of that match as well yeah uh, and then you've got to add on to that tonga who are going to come out all guns blazing aren't they well i think they're missing a few players due to disciplinary problems i can't remember the guy's name but there's a lot of comparisons being made with the tonga player who got banned yeah. and the preferential treatment that's given to so oh. the, the so yeah, Farrell in particular, because obviously he got initially it was it was waived and all that, and the uh, the Tongan star was, I think he was set to miss the whole World Cup and still is. I think the, the band's mm. been upheld. I think World Rugby's then backtracked and now Bant, Farrell's now got a three game ban, hasn't he for oh. for his tackling yeah. the Wales game? But yeah, yeah, inconsistency. But I think that will like Tongan, yeah. you know. 
you know what you're going to get with the, the sort of Pacific Island nations, the the big physical game. You know, you look at just thinking back to when Nemani Nandolo played for the Tigers. You got a twenty plus stone winger who can run the hundred in about twelve seconds. Hundred yeah. meters in about twelve seconds, and you think you've got that raw raw power and size mixed with that kind of pace as well. Yeah. You know, you'd think they could cause teams problems all day long, but I think Tonga have always been sort of the the lesser of the three. You've got some yeah. Fiji and Samoa that have been the sort of more traditional, you know, I don't know, big big name teams in the in the Pacific. But yeah, Tonga, I wouldn't wouldn't write them off. Yeah, the only thing you can say probably, especially with Tonga, is their the disciplinary problems, as we've just yeah. said about they go. I think once they lose the heads or they go a bit behind, they tend. It's yeah. Just a, so a heads drop. Yeah, they lose that. I mean, when they're good, they're very good. But when they're, they're not with it, they're not great. And I think that's going to be what they, the other teams hope they'll catch them on a bad day, maybe, and um, be able to put a few points on them. I think this is going to be as tight a call as you're going to say for any any of the groups. Then you've got Paul Romania at the bottom there, which I think they're going to just have to be um, damage limitation, I think, bless them. Yeah, unfortunately so, I think. It's, you know, once they've done they've done well in the sort of European games, yeah. I can't see them getting much out of this group. You know, this Scott... is just a horrible group, isn't it, for them to ever get. That, you know, they're not, are not going to get anywhere near third either for them, so they're going to be, it's just going to be another experience, I think, to tick off the list, isn't it? Some of the I think so. You know, you've got world champions in South Africa, world's best team, Ireland, Scotland, as we said, have won the up. Yeah. Um, Tonga, big physical sign. Yeah. It's what do you reckon to... then? Put me on the spot now, was he? It's... Oh, sorry, mate. I'm, I'm going you know to be brave. I'm going to say Scotland and Ireland will get out of the group. Really? You think You think yeah. South Africa? I mean, yeah, it's one match. I mean, the first match South Africa have got is Scotland, so... I just you think know. with some of the injuries South Africa have got, it might, you know, they've not got those familiar faces on the field to sort of the guys that sort of drag them mm. out of a hole when they need to. Yeah, yeah, I'm going for Scotland. Even without Stuart Hogg, I'm going for Scotland. Yeah, no, that's, that was a shock, wasn't it? A big, big blow for Scotland. That was mm. a, obviously a great, great player and a great servant for Scotland. Yeah, but yeah I'm sure they'll, they'll find an ample replacement. Yeah, and uh, obviously last match in that group is Ireland-Scotland. Should be an interesting one, shouldn't it? Could be the, um, could be the table topper decider, that one. Yeah, yeah. We'll look, exactly. we'll look back at these predictions in a few weeks and be like, no, it's completely... <laughs> I know. This is, really? a good thing about, this is a good thing about predictions because we can be so far out. It's it's funny. It's just a, it's a, bit, of a bit of a chat we can have, informal chat, isn't it? That we think we know what we're talking about, but... <laughs> Yeah. Have a clue. Come back in a few weeks. Uh, well, yeah. I might sound like I'm, I know what I'm talking about, but um, yeah, <laughs> you say it with enough conviction, it makes sense, doesn't it? So it does, yeah. If you say, oh, here they go again, and this is Herring. Dublin's going to be noisy tonight. The sound of a Grand Slam. Ireland's Grand Slam. 
Johnny Sexton's Grand Slam. Okay, the best pool of them all, Paul C. Paul C. Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, and Portugal. I wonder who you're going to back in this one. Well, okay. I mean, you've got the two top seeds that are on a massive downward spiral. <laughs> you've got Fiji, who've just decided to play like top five team. And you've got Georgia, who've just beaten Wales. And yeah. I can see them doing it again. Yes. Um, Nothing else. And then you've got Portugal, which again will probably play, unfortunately, similar to the Romania role, in my opinion, that they'll just have to just take the experience and it'll probably be on the points against them, really, that we'll see who will get through. I think it, this one's another one that I can't, I can't really call. I think Gatlin's come in, steadied the ship. I think Pivak was not the greatest they picked for Wales. Yeah. Given a few mic drops, though, this year with. Um, Alan Wynn and then Tipperick deciding to call quits, which wasn't our great, the greatest decision, in my opinion. Um, yeah, about 200 odd caps between the two of them. Yeah. Um, it has given the youth a chance to come through. We've always got that core, haven't they? William Williams is always that man, that the, the James Milner type. Or rugby type, isn't he? He's just your steady Eddie. You always know he's going to be there. You got, got Reece Summit, the Lewis Reece Summit in the squad. Yes, which is yeah. your flair, isn't it? You can have got yeah. got some good young, I think, forwards coming through. I think he's named a double captain as well, which is an in interesting decision. But again, I think the the biggest match is the first match. It's Fiji. You know, if you beat if you beat Fiji, you, you then gone right then because they're they're a bogey team. They are Wales is bogey team. They lost to them, I think, in one World Cup. Squeezed past them four years ago. Yeah, absolutely hate playing against them. And obviously Fiji will have the tails up after beating England as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think Fiji playing Wales is like um, what Bolton were to Arsenal in the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. Lovely yeah. analogy, mate. Thank a, you. A bogey team that on paper you should beat them all day long but yeah for some reason it just i don't know it just seems to um they bring the, they bring their best against wales <laughs> they really do yeah they really do then you've got australia who have got the jose jose Mourinho of managers <laughs> in charge but old eddie so i saw an interview with him the other week where he's saying they were gonna have a packed stadium for the, the that is though cup match against new zealand and I think he was the only person in the room that was, it was, hand on heart saying they were going to win that game. He's got to, you know, he's, he's got to say that as he as a motivator and a leader of the squad. But yeah, very strange going back. Considering when he when he got the England job and they were accusing him of, you know, everything under the sun. Yeah, you know, turn your back on your home nation and you've gone to, you know, one of our historic rivals and everything that's, you know, happened between Australia and England in the, in the rugby past. Yeah, it seemed a very strange appointment at the time. Yeah, I mean, um, apparently from um, so, something I read, <laughs> Australia A played at the weekend and Australia did. Australia A had more people, more caps in that team than they did in the, the first yeah. team. And somebody put, Australia played well against France, but they just can't defend. 
So that's an interesting analogy when after you've conceded 41 points against fans. Yeah. <laughs> you went into that that he's left. I think the big name was um, Michael Hooper, left him out of the squad. Mm. Yeah, the, the Wallabies captain for God knows how long. And obviously, um, I think the other guy, Craig Cooper, he, was it? Yeah. He's been called up, has he, or has he not? Who, Cooper? Has he been, yeah. been called up? Oh, I didn't know. No, no, no. I think he might not have been uh, not thinking about it. I know when the, the squads were announced, it was sort of shocking the press that those two have been dropped. They got like combined over, I don't know, 150 caps and whatever. Leadership and experience in the team. And he's he sort of left them both out to try and, I don't know, it's trying to make a statement or whatever. But you'd think. It's well, an Eddie thing he would do, though. Yeah. He, he did this with, I, I think, we'll talk about obviously England in more depth. But when he was England coach, he purposefully sort of left people out. Of course, he did because he picked his team. But you know what I mean, though? Yeah. People were calling for, I think, was it Sam Simmons to play? And he refused him to play for, for years. And the same with Marcus Smith and Farrell and George yeah. Ford. You know, that never yeah. happened. I think, I think the psychology that I've read behind it is he tries to... It's like when he left Smith out of the um, one of the Six Nations games to go and play with Harlequins. Yeah, it's almost like he's saying to him, "Go and prove you're up to it." And they have the game of their life, and they come back. And, you know, I don't know. It's like they try and it's almost like back motivation, like prove proves to me you you're worthy of the squad sort of thing. When if they're already picked, this sort of lets complacency sleep creep in. So. I suppose you know I'm not I'm not going to sit here and try and second guess a you know World Cup you know he's part of the World Cup squad for South Africa when they when they won it but yeah strange strange decision for me I'd want my best fifteen on the field not yeah. sat, sat at home watching thinking oh you need to prove yourself it's a bit yeah a bit strange very yeah. no, strange and then obviously like we've just touched on PG on great form at the moment yeah yeah I've said that win against England. Um, and like you said, they got the. They seem to have the measure of Wales whenever they play them, for whatever reason. And again, big, big physical team can cause anyone problems. I think when they when they get going. And then another physical, bad physical teams. You've got Georgia, who are yeah. incredibly physical. Yeah, yeah, man, man, mountains. And that's a tough match for Australia. They've got first off as well. Um, so I think, yeah, I think. Not easy, not easy. Mm -hmm. Australia, I think anyone looking at that group, they want to play probably Portugal first. But Portugal, you know, they've had a, had a reprieve with Spain getting, getting taken yeah. out. I think, you know, what we've got absolutely nothing to lose. We can we can give it everything. It's, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's just I think they played uh, they played a couple of warm up matches. Portugal have, and um, they've not done too bad. I mean, yeah, they beat the USA. Um, 46 yeah. 20 again, good result shows. Then it wasn't a fluke in getting qualified, it getting them actually into the World Cup, yeah. Um, yeah, beating someone like the USA who have been a they've qualified for the World Cup pretty much every every time, haven't they? So, yeah, yeah, a good scalp to um, exactly, to, yeah. Go on, then go on, pull it, mate. Pull C, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be bold on this one, I think. 
I think Wales, Australia, in that order. I think Wales will they'll have enough. Yeah, I think they'll top it. An Australian oh. rule. I think it'll be close with Fiji, but yeah, I think Australia will just have enough to get get through. It's another crazy group, to be honest. The way it's happened, where you've got the fallen giants and people progressing up. I mean, this, it, I mean, prior to this scenario, for example, if Georgia came third, I mean, they'd be shouting out for to be included into the Six Nations, wouldn't they? Yeah, you yeah, know, and, and say if Wales came fourth, which could happen, you know. I, I think with Gatland, I think Wales should get through. Yeah, he's a, a wily old coach, and he, he knows is. He knows is, and, in and I, and I, I agree with you. I think Jones, another wily coach, but I don't think it'd be through. If you know what I mean, his coaching that will get them through. I just think that it will just be on their their skill levels that will yeah. get them through. Just, I think it'll be very tight. The last match of the groups, well. It's actually the middle the middle match is the main one with them two, Australia, Fiji. And then it finishes it finishes with Wales, Georgia. That's a, that could be an interesting one. And then Fiji, Portugal. So Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't like to be a Welsh fan if you've got to go and get something out of that Georgia game. I think nerves no. are, nerves will creep in and like you've said, it's they're a big, big physical team. We've already beaten Wales. They've got nothing. Yeah. They've, like That's I said, they've, they've put out a good performance against Scotland last time out. They'll be going into that match thinking everyone expect everyone's going to expect us to lose anyway. So yeah, yeah we're on a free hit. They can just yeah. chuck them all about, get rough rough Wales up a bit, get in exactly. your face, make it hostile and a difficult difficult match. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. The top, so yeah, I still think Wales, Australia, just. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with that. I'll take that as well. Referee has picked up another infringement. The ball is out. Absolute sheer delight from Georgia. They've beaten Wales. They've beaten Wales by 13 points to 12. This is history. Last group then. Paul England, Day. Japan, Argentina. Samara and Chile. Go on then. Current what's form. going? What's got? Let's have a bit of a chat then. Borthwick is he the man? I don't know. You, I'm jury's still out. Obviously, you know, I'll be forever grateful for what he did at the Tigers because yeah. we were we were sort of down and out when he came in, and he's re rejuvenated the squad and brought in some very shrewd shrewd signings that have turned out to be. Sort of world class, yeah. And again, like the homegrown players that have come through, the likes of Guy Porter, Freddie Stewart. But I don't know for whatever reason, it's just not, it's not transpired onto international level. I think he's he's obviously tried to take the same blueprint with Sinfield following him and Wigglesworth now part of the setup, and also uh, what was the guy's name? Ali Davis was it? The, the strength yeah. and conditioning coach from Leicester. So he took his, his you know. As most coaches do, take the backroom team with them. I think I've said this to you before. I think the the whole debate around Ford, Farrell, Smith is. I can only liken it to Scholes, Lampard, Lampard, and Gerard. Three <laughs> three class players in their own right. Yeah, but the manager feels like 
to keep the fans and the players and the media happy, they've got to play all of them. Yeah. Which is why I was thinking if Farrell's out, it might actually play into both with hands because that just takes that selection headache out of his, you know, isn't something he's not got to worry about. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree to an extent with that. I just don't know where he's going with, with England yeah. at the moment. Um, watched snippets of, of them play um, in the autumn internationals. And I mean, you've got, there's a lot of heart there, which will, I think, get you past the full stage. That's not the issue. But I, I think you've got their team that feels quite restrictive to what they're, to what, and to actually not know what, how to actually play. I think he wants you to play a certain way, but they want to play a more expansive game. But then yeah. they get stuck in the middle, don't they? And then it's sort of like, what, what do I do? Yeah, um, the, the tactics and the style conflict with each other. It was interesting yeah. to, in the first few games in Borthwick said, "Oh, you know, it was it was broken before I came in. It wasn't working under Jones. I'm now trying to pick up the pieces." I was like, "Is that a bit of a you know a bit of a cheap shot to try and yeah buy some of these results?" I think but, so. Um, it's you roll the clock forward six months for the Six Nations. It's still not improved. It's no. yeah. I mean, well, the, the thing that concerns me as well is that there doesn't seem to be as much unity in the camp. You've got, um, you know, Farrell doing stupid tackles. Then the week after, Vinnie Polo doing a similar type thing. Yeah. And you just, I mean, what, what's your opinion with the, there's going to be a lot of reds, isn't there, this year, I think, in the World Cup with this yeah. new rule. So can you just explain to the listeners quickly what the new rule is? Because well, yeah, I'm I think not it's... Sure. Well, I'm, yeah, I struggle to keep up with some of these rules all <laughs> the time, but it's it's what's deemed as a high tackle. So if it's you know clear contact to the head or deemed as reckless, then it's obviously you, you done and dusted. It's red card, you're off. You know you get the repercussions from that. And obviously now they've introduced this TMO review, so they can initially you know show a yellow card to a player, but the TMO then gets ten minutes to watch it in super slow motion which obviously makes everything 10 times worse than watching it in real time um which again prime example is farrell's tackle he was, he was simbined yeah. initially against wales and then he was yeah. upgraded to a red on the being with a high level of danger no mitigation circumstances of like whether the players dip in or but yeah it must yeah. be a, a bit of a minefield for refs i think because it's you know a lot of rugby is down to interpretation of the laws and stuff. there's no sort of hard and fast rule but with this one i think it's yeah difficult because obviously rugby's you know people watch it because of that physical element you know the big big hits and the big tackles but obviously the other side of the coin is yeah player welfare you want players to be playing on you know obviously there's a big debate a minute around the obviously the steve thompson thing and the the knock-on effects after rugby with the head collisions um already the day from i think it was matt dawson he said that if these kind of tackles are allowed, he'll be he'll be telling his kids not to bother playing because it's not safe. And yes, yeah, I think there's there's arguments for and against both, isn't there? You you want to make it safe for the players, but you don't want to then hamper the the rugby that's being played and the physical nature of it. I mean, you got you you, you know in the the Welsh um, England game. I mean, it got ridiculous. What was it? Twelve men against fourteen at one point. And I'm not saying that it's to do with the refing. It's just you can't have that many yellow cards, surely. I know on the odd game it can sometimes get a bit fiery, you know, like you see with the football, there's, 
you know, I remember in the World Cup, what was it, Holland and um, Portugal, wasn't it, shared about eight bookings and three red cards. Oh, the football, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the football, yeah. And sometimes it gets fiery, doesn't it? But again, it's just, you know, you can't, I I just hope that that with this, that there's a rule and it's just kept to that level each time, that there isn't too much stop starting yellows being flown everywhere i know that passion will get even more intense as the rounds progress won't it obviously yeah. the intensity will go up because intensity of the importance yeah like rush of blood and the adrenaline you know mm-hmm. you're trying to stop a, a try saving tackle you do anything you can to exactly stop the opponent exactly. scoring but like i said rush of blood and it's all you know you red card or you're out of the world cup you know you hampered your team you, your individual experience is over it's yeah, I think it's it just needs, like you said, a hard and fast rule on what is deemed a red card, what's yellow card worthy. It's like the um, the world title fight at the weekend, the, the low blow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Open to interpretation. Um, mm. and then still rumbles on now. Exactly, yeah, you still got debates. So you just want something that's cut and dry, right, this is the rule, you're over that line, red card. Yeah. No yeah. debate. You know, it obviously then empowers the refs and they don't feel pressured to make that call. They think, oh, you know, if I've got that right, is it? You know, because they've got the luxury of the TMO and all that excess stuff. You know what it's like. You can, it's easy for everyone to scrutinise it afterwards, but they've got a sort of split second in the match that they've got to analyse what's happened and make that decision. Exactly, exactly. Quite a lot of unknowns, I think, with this group. You know, you've got Chile... I'll be honest with you, I, I, first time that they've ever appeared in the World Cup. Yeah. I'm uh, not expecting mega things from them, but I'm sure they all light it light it up in their own way. With the Japanese, they always seem to come alive in the World Cup, don't they? You yeah. don't really hear much from them because obviously they're not in any of, like I said to you, in any of the main tournaments. So you can't really get gauge on their progression. Samoa, we always know that they're they're always good for one big game aren't they but they they are probably i'd say similar to tonga and very inconsistent in yeah. matches yeah definitely it's the same sort of mold isn't it the yeah big All physical, or nothing. physical power fast fast running with power, yeah. Yeah, power and pace but like you said they'll have one one or two games where they'll fully hit the gas but then they'll get undone by a, you know fundamental mm. flaws in the sort of defensive game yeah um, and then obviously you got Argentina, who have progressed in you know fantastically well. Yeah. Um, I think with them being invited to the international championship. Yeah, with the with the Tri Nations, it's definitely helped their game. Yeah. You know they've got. I think in the last couple of years they've beat each of those nations, only in the in the yeah. tournament. So it shows yeah. how they've, they've come. They seem yeah. very solid. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Um, they've obviously got Montoya as their captain. boy. Um, <laughs> Tigers, Tigers man. Um, and um, Michael Checker, he's the manager for them, ex-Australian. Yeah. Uh, Ex-Wallabies coach, and you know, he's got pedigree of playing himself at World Cups and stuff. But yeah, I think the, uh, the thing that always strikes me about the Argentinian squad is like the togetherness that they show on the field. It's, I think it was similar to... I can't remember who it was now. It's a football analogy where they said they relish the time at the World Cup because it's the only time they get together. Yes. Yeah. yeah, because 
you, know, you look at the English players, they see each other week in, week out, playing Premiership, yeah. Champions Cup, whatever, but the Argentinian squad, because they're based few and far between in various different leagues, they sort of, the World Cup is a time for them to come together as that unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and then you got, then obviously you got Japan. And again, I, I don't really know much about them, to be honest, um, like on form or anything like that. But they always come come with the heavy heavy hitters. But again, very good though on um, the backs, aren't they? They always got a bit of flair and a lot of pace as well. Definitely, yeah, definitely the pace of the game. So they sort of they sort of burst the burst the bubble when the, in the 2015 when they um, stunned South Africa. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, in the last, uh, last cup, obviously the home host nation last time out, and they, mm-hmm. they had a run to the quarterfinals, didn't they? Beating yeah. Ireland away. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Not um, definitely not a pushover. I think looking at this as a as an England fan, probably. Yeah, I mean, if it was an England team that was settled, I think I'll go. Yeah, you know, you get out of that. But because there's a bit of uncertainty on. You know, I'm still not sure on what their first 15 is. I don't think Borthwick knows either, does he? They've been no, too much the problem. People dropping in and out of the team. It's... I mean, before we move on, I mean, what's your opinion then they're taking one number eight? I mean, normally a lot of teams tend to at least take two. And then obviously the number six and seven can sometimes play at eight as well, can't they? Yeah, all the way across the back line or yeah. lock, lock in some places. But yeah. Um, I think is Vernipola banned now from the cup. I think he's is his ban get upheld. But last minute research, he uh, yeah, his ban his ban's upheld. Last Wednesday it was announced he's been banned, so he's joining Owen Farrell. Got three week ban. Okay. So obviously, yeah, no number eight in the squad. That's going to rely on. I think they said the natural selection will be. Ben Earl will fill in at eight, but obviously he's a you know he's a natural seven. He's not he's not an out and out eight. So you yeah. you already lost because you're playing someone that's yeah you know, they're out of their out of their natural position. Yeah. So go on then. Where do you think we're looking at this? Who's going to get through? I would love to say England, but I can't see it. I just can't see it with the. I don't like to use the phrase turmoil, but. That's what it feels like at the minute in terms of the camp and the preparation. So I'd, I'd probably go Japan Argentina on paper from this group. I think Argentina yeah. have been they've been solid in the the rugby championship. Like I say, they got Montoya, who's you know just a you know a beast, isn't it? Beast and people who people who run through walls from you know the lateral leader on the pitch. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I've England fans would be a bit disappointed. What? Well, well, I mean, could you see England being fourth? I mean, if they're the fourth, they'd have to qualify. I can. That's mad, isn't it? Crazy. Like, like we've already alluded to, Samoa. You know, they tend to bring their A game for a couple of matches. If that if that A game tends to be against England, and they get going, not in the you know getting some kind of rhythm against us, it's. Yeah, the leaky defence. We got dismantled by Ireland the other week. You know, yeah. we've got, and plus with the disciplinary issues at the minute, we've had Marla was binned, Vunipola sent off, Farrell. Like you mentioned, the Welsh, the Welsh game, we were down to twelve with silly errors like I think it's Genji at the scrum, and then 
steward with a tackle in the air it was just ill ill discipline which yeah. you, know, you think of the how well drilled the defense was when Stimfield was in charge at Tigers yeah why it's now creeping in at international level I don't know whether it's the you know the pressure of the test matches is obviously a whole different ball game but it's like fundamentalists yeah. just losing the head and you know committing these silly fouls and the the high tackles you think after the Farrell high profile incident, you say right just you know, work on that make sure we don't you know it's not happening yeah. again you know for Napoleon yeah. the next match very next match same thing Marlow same thing it's not good but the thing that I don't want to happen is we we get through the group easily and then everyone's expectations rise that oh England are back you know, we're on a real roller coaster and we'll get brought back down to earth in the quarterfinals but yeah. I don't know <laughs> a few a few weeks we'll find out To be a penalty, he came up the side again. Wilkinson in the place, Johnny Wilkinson. He's done it, it's over at last of the fourth attempt. Johnny Wilkinson is on target. England in the lead with only 20 seconds to go. Shall we do how, how we think it's going to end up being then? Yeah, so what's the... Uh, so you've got the winner of Pool C then playing the winner of D. So winner of Pool C you thought was would be Wales. So the winner of, of D, who did you think would that be? Did you say Japan or Argentina? Yeah, I think you'd get potentially a Wales-Japan quarterfinal, which you'd fancy Wales to. I think so with that one. But then if England get their act together, it could be Wales. England. Wales England quarter final, which mm. you know anything can happen in that match. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, I know. 2015, yeah. mate, that's all I'm saying. Trick oh, stop, living in the minute, stop, stop living in yeah. the past. <laughs> <laughs> uh, winner of pool B, so that's a South African group. Against the Royals. This is the winner of the first so quarter final. You could have Ireland New Zealand quarter final, which would be outrageous. I'd have to go New Zealand with that. Yeah. To be honest. I'd say we're looking at then Wales, New Zealand. Semi final. But before we move on to that, Renault Pool D versus Renault Pool C. So Argentina. Argentina, Australia. Australia I've got to go with Argentina. I'm not. Don't know about you. So we're currently got. Wales, New Zealand in one semi-final. Yeah. Argentina against who was the other side of the draw? The South, this run-up. Runner France, be... France so... South Africa potentially. Yeah. So on that um, on that basis, I think we've just called Wales, New Zealand semi and a France Argentina semi. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So obviously Wales, New Zealand, it would be be easy for New Zealand. I, yeah, think, no, I think Wales had their chance eight years ago. I yeah. just think New Zealand on big occasions will get through to the final, no problem. That, that no, even though it's not the same the same squad. No. That know-how in there to get through the big games. Exactly. Exactly. And then I what do we say? France. France Argentina. So, I think France with a you know full stab the France. French yeah, oh, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I think so. I think it'd be quite cool. And then it would be New Zealand, France. I'm going for a draw on penalties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found I fancy still fancy, fancy, yeah. I fancy, I do. What about you, New Zealand? I would fancy New Zealand in a one-off match. You think? Because I'm just saying they've got absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got an interesting stat coming up with, uh, for you from Opta. So, it, Opta. so this is a proper stat. <laughs> and it's um, the tournament predictor, okay? So out okay. of 100%, obviously. It's not the... Sure. Um, the octopus is it again <laughs> no what was its name again i can't remember it was it? The octopus. <laughs> <laughs> there we go yeah i've got my daughter to pick out the the, the, the balls instead How was yeah. that? um so the favorite on 21.7 percent is ireland then on 21.4 right. percent is france right and you got 20.5 south africa 20.2 new zealand and then obviously there's a massive gap to so argentina 5.7 england 4.4 australia 3 scotland 1.2 fiji 0.9 and then wales has got 0.6 <laughs> but if you look at the first four there's like less than a percent almost splitting them did you just say wales are have got 0.6 and Fiji 0.9. Yeah. So Fiji yeah. ranked higher chance, higher possibility of winning it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the rankings at the moment, mate, um, you got Ireland top, South Africa, France, New Zealand, Scotland, Argentina, then seventh is Fiji, Italy, Australia, then Wales is tenth, then yeah. Georgia and Samoa, Italy, Japan. That's crazy. Crazy, isn't it? And Japan are quite low, low ranked as well. That, that, again, that might play in Wales's favour because if they're ranked as underdogs, you might think. Yeah. Because it's that whole thing of we've got nothing to lose. Everyone thinks we're going to yeah. lose. So just play with a bit of freedom. Exactly. So yeah. we've gone gone for you've gone for France win. I've gone for New Zealand win. And we're both wrong, and Australia will win it. And we're both wrong, and Wales will win on 0.5% chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or England will win it on the 3%, and we didn't even get them to get past the groups. Exactly, yeah. So what are we, we'll just end this podcast so what, now. So, we're so never what do we know? This is why we called it the Basic Rugby uh, World Cup basic. podcast. <laughs> what was the pun you had? We know, we know Rook Hall about rugby. <laughs> That's it. Right, then. Thanks a lot for your time there, Trun. Um We'll... We'll get something going for some more podcasts. No doubt we can talk about Leicester Tigers. That is Tigers, and you do mind. like you do like a bit of the football as well. So we might get you onto a couple of our football pods as well. Right, but, uh, thank you, you very much for your time. If you can afford the appearance fee, I've uh, <laughs> I've sent you the invoice. Oh, thanks, mate. Thank <laughs> you. It's been a it's been a pleasure. Wills it, um, and hopefully we can do it again. Talk some, get some topics on the go, and uh, yeah, exactly. We just think of some build up a following. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, get ourselves a bit of a rugby following as well. I mean, if anyone wants to contact us, we're all on Twitter at var at the bar, um, or we on email as well var at the bar twenty twenty two at gmail.com. 
Hey, so, no, very, any very comments? Modern, very modern of you there. And uh, that's what we have to do. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much, mate, for joining us, and uh, hope to speak to you soon. Yes, and you enjoy.